Esper, I'm gonna make you really angry today. Uh oh. Yeah, it's uh well it's not me as such, it's the topic. Oh no. Brutalism. No. <laughs> no Thank you for listening. We'll be back <laughs> next week. <laughs> yes, we are finally gonna talk about brutalism. Oh we my god. Mentioned it in season one, promised it in season two, and we're delivering it in season three. I can't believe we're doing this. I know. It's crazy. So I am incredibly angry about brutalism, or I'm angry at brutalism. I am angry that brutalism exists. I am angry that this is a thing. But I think that's mostly for historical reasons. Could could you give, give the audience a, a brief description of what brutalism is, please? Nowadays, when I think about brutalism, I see an ugly gray concrete box and you standing in front of it screaming. <laughs> so uh, does that, is that enough, maybe? I think that's quite accurate, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not, not totally uh, enough to give a, give a vivid image, uh, so to speak, but that is probably the, most, the best example we've had in a long time because it's so um, incredibly practical. So brutalism in a nutshell is what those instagram accounts that are very very gray and beige publish it's always from sort of a an oppressive state somewhere it's something that is truly ugly horrendous but you're sort of supposed to say oh wow that is incredible that's amazing but it's very hard to do because brutalism is brutal and there's very very few things about brutalism that are even palatable it is horrendous and incredibly not built for human i almost said consumption but i mean human habitation it's a bit rubbish it kind of does come through that you don't really like brutalism i have to say with that description mm. so i think if we're gonna try to be a little bit objective about it how i see brutalism or, or the way i have learned to understand brutalism is that it's utilitarian to the point where you're supposed to not care about the impression it gives to the humans at all. No, 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 you don't need windows, giant pieces of, of concrete iron. That's totally fine. As long as it serves a purpose and there's no need for elegance, there's no need to think about the perception at all. We're just building something as cheaply and as efficiently as possible. It's probably why it is or has been the favorite architectural style of despots, dictators and mm. other assorted lunatics yeah. through history. I think it has its like historic origin in modernism and in high modernism. So it started yeah. with this movement through with uh, Corbusier and all of these people trying to create the new futuristic version of what... Uh, architecture and what um, interior design was supposed to be about and then they took it further and came into utilitarianism and in utilitarianism it's a very short step to going from something that is minimalist and quite pleasant to something that is almost shocking and brutalism is well named because it does perform sort of brutally on your senses it's usually a bit jarring and it's usually a bit crude. And it's almost a fetish for those people who truly seem to like it. Yes. It is not 
actually it's not like it it's something more than that it is it is a bit obsessive and i think it does tap into a darker fear of a dystopian future somehow but it feels manageable because it's old and it's over there or it's it's mm. on instagram or or tiktok and that's why it's it's okay so you can sort of flirt with it a little bit yeah and the I, thing I, is there are there are positive things about brutalism it doesn't cost a lot of money to build in yeah. that style it is very efficient and it could be something more taking it one step further it's almost like just picking the low-hanging fruit, grey, concrete fruit, but still. But I want to dig think... into this whole thing, why it makes you so angry. Because it really does. <laughs> it's not, it's not it, a joke. It does it's, make it's, me it's angry. Sort of... it's, uh, it, it does frustrate me a bit. And I think it's because there's this recurring trend in all art that when you achieve something, uh, when you create some sort of harmony, it is an interesting counter to that to tear the same thing down and create disharmony. So you get something like pop and to counter it, you go into some sort of thrash rock metal. You get something like a very commercial pop art and you go into like something super dark like H.R. Geiger. And we, we do this as a society and as humans we tend to we tend to swing between these states a bit because when something is too harmonious we 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 tend to look for the disharmony when there's too little harmony we tend to swing back into harmony this is a recurring theme in most things and i think brutalism is kind of scary because i think brutalism is the tendency to say no 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 it's actually the humanism that has become too harmonious. Things are too good. We should tear them down. Things are too adapted to make life pleasant. And as art, I understand this. It's a, it's a wonderful and interesting way to sort of skew your perception of reality and look at, look at life from a different perspective and learn something new. But when you build something to be brutal, to be a counter to these humanistic values, I start getting scared. I start wondering, why are we doing this? What is the purpose of this? Because I think in brutalism, it is not quite utilitarian. It does tend to have an aspect to it that is constructed to be worse than what you would end up with if you're 100% utilitarian. It's not quite industrial, it's another step along that spectrum. And I wonder why. And I, it worries me when I see things like brutalism. This might be reading way too much into it. And this might be, this might say a lot more about me than about brutalism. That's why it grates on me. It affects me. It is an important aspect, what you use, whatever you create for. Yes, In all definitely. aspects of design. Uh, a brutalist building in itself isn't necessarily that harmful but it can of course be used in a harmful way but it could also be used in a non-harmful way absolutely yes so for instance i live in berlin currently where in east berlin there are a bunch of buildings that could be considered brutalist today most of them are basically an art form uh, they're related to clubbing or uh, other sort of uh, communal events here it has become a fetishized or an artsy sort of 
this is how we look at the world. But when they were constructed, they were literally there to oppress. They were supposed to give people the idea that this is bigger than you and you cannot oppose it. So today it has a is a wonderful aspect to it, but originally it was it was quite bad right here in my in my home. But we are not architects. We are more interested in digital design. So I want to take this back into the world of digital and into web or app design because something has been happening. We have this trend. It's not I don't think it's currently growing anymore. I think it might have starting to swing back already. But we've had this trend in the last few years of people rediscovering brutalist design in the digital world because we're clearly growing bored with the minimalism of the last five years or so and we're moving into stuff that is much more human as in spanish design of the last episode or maybe cartoony or comic-y as we discussed in the predictions for 2023 episode but we also have a bunch of designs that are quite brutal they are simplistic and they're intentionally simplistic they're overly technical but without having that flair, without trying to be artsy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do unfortunately know what you mean. I don't think I feel as strongly, as negatively about brutalism in digital design as I do in the built physical environment. Mm. Brutalism in, the, in digital design can actually feel very functional. I think it, it borders on maybe modernism. Yeah. Yeah, I strongly agree. It's more utilitarian. It's, um, it is it is more of an art statement when it comes to digital because, of yeah. course, a true brutalist UI in digital would be something like a, um, a command line interface. Very true. Um, which is, even that is just utilitarian. It's not really brutalist. Maybe maybe if it's uh, like a command line interface with ASCII art or something. But I, But I find it fascinating as an exploration of what technology is and and sort of where design for technology is going. Because one of the topics that we talked about uh, having on the show, which we haven't touched upon yet, is crypto. Crypto as a subculture seems to have been creating this, not trend, but this movement in design, which is also not brutalism, but it's also overly technical. And it's fascinating to see how these things appear and where they tend to be going. It's not really made for the everyday person. It's supposed to be a statement of you understand, you are special, so you can be a part of this club. If you don't understand, you're probably not the people we're talking to. And as we all know, crypto is going incredibly well right now, so that seems to be a winning concept. (laughs) (laughs) So trying to take this back into brutalism, what I find fascinating about these styles when they translate into digital is that we're not translating the cost we're only translating the appearances or the 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 manner of communication for these design styles Mm -hmm. so when we bring something like um when we talked about spanish design we talked about constructed and like the the appearance of being constructed when we take that from furniture which definitely can be constructed and therefore can have a manner of seeming constructed. When we take that into digital, this is no longer true. And it's fascinating to me that we would bring a communication style 
from one aspect into a totally different aspect. It's almost reminiscent of skeuomorphism. From, I was just about to say. <laughs> right? So what is, your, what is your favorite example of skeuomorphism? I think skeuomorphism is almost entirely without merit. And for what reason? Why is it without merit? For the very, very reasons that you just mentioned. It's trying to bring something in without the underlying values of it. The tactility of paper. No, it mm. doesn't look great to have a sort of a torn off edge of paper on a digital notepad. It doesn't add anything. I understand why it's occasionally used. I have yet to see it actually be used successfully. That's fascinating because skeuomorphism is usually used as a bridge. When you introduce something new, you usually take the skeuomorphic attributes of the old and apply it to the new so that people can sort of understand what it's about. Now, in the, in the example we just used, we were talking about the notepad on iOS because it had this stitched leather header and it had torn off pieces of paper and this texture of paper on it. So you're supposed to understand that, yeah, this is a this is a notepad. It's just like your legal pad at home. Ha ha ha. And we saw the same trend with PC UIs in the 80s and 90s. And for mobile, this happened very aggressively with iOS 6. So the thing I'm trying to build towards here and the thing I, I, I know that you've foreseen and enjoyed being led into is... What are we building to when we're translating brutalism into the digital UIs? I'm going to uh, back up just for a moment. You illustrated one of the problems with skeuomorphism very well there. Legal pads, the, the legal paper format is mm. mainly Anglo-Saxon. Yellow notepads yeah. is something you see a lot in North America and the UK. Yeah, That type of, I would say, cultural arrogance towards using skeuomorphism is very, very unappealing. It's a lazy way to design. Because it just communicates a lack of attention to detail. And skeuomorphism is, if anything, a complete lack of attention to detail. Not from a craft perspective, but from an experience perspective. That is a very, very interesting observation. So skeuomorphism could be seen as the lack of attention to detail to the context with which, in which your design lives. Yes. Did I understand that correctly? You did indeed. And that sort of transitions quite nicely to the answer to your question with brutalism in digital design. What are we building toward? Very stripped down, very simplistic way of interacting with visual interfaces, mm. visual UIs because we're moving away from those UIs. We are inputting text. We're getting results. We're getting mid-journey type illustrations. There's not a lot of prompts that go into that. The interfaces happen through audio. It is an adjustment. That's why brutalism in digital design actually has a place because it is a result of where our touch points are heading. So what you're saying is that the, the trend that we've just seen with brutalism and digital design, the reason why it's here, but also the reason why it actually has value in this point of time is because our UIs are becoming less the point of digital design. It's no longer interesting to interact with the UI itself. What you're trying to interact with is the data. And we see that with things like Siri, GPT-3, search, all of these things become your keyboard. The UI itself matters less. Indeed. 
also ties into the same trend we saw with Spanish design. With the current trends of digital design, what we're seeing is a lot of playfulness, a lot of popping vivid color, a lot of weird animation. And it is that way because it's playful, because the UI doesn't matter that much anymore. I have no idea how you came from brutalism to this, but I think this is a wonderful insight that we should end on. Thank you so much for this conversation, Jan. This was enlightening and infuriating. Win-win. Thank you, Jesper.